y'all doing this morning? Blessed, blessed the name of the Lord. Good to be back in the house of God. Been gone for a few days, just off the island. I got a little straight spending some time with the conference and my son. Always good to come back. Amen. I look on the face of the thing. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you right now. We thank you for this day that you've given us. Lord, and we pray, God, that your spirit would walk up and down the aisles, Lord, moving our hearts and our minds, Lord, to be here and receive your word. We thank you for the time of worship, God, that we can magnify your name. But, Lord, now we incline our hearts to hear and to receive from you, Lord. Move me, move self, move flesh out of the way, God, that your spirit may speak to our spirits. Lord, that you have your way in everything said and done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Motive and motivation. Amen. What's your motive? What's motivating you today? Hallelujah. You know, everything we do, amen, is backed up by some kind of motive. Amen. Sometimes you don't like the motive, but it still motivates you. Amen. There's a fire in the house. You might not want to get out of bed, but you're going to get motivated. <laughs> right? You might not like it, but you're going to get motivated. Something's going to move. Amen. So we, we thank God. But this morning, amen, I, I was sharing with David as we were walking. I said, this, man, whew, so much in my mind and in my spirit, amen, and it's kind of hard to to corral it all sometimes. I said, okay, just to, to focus on one thing because, you, you know, over this, throughout this month, actually, it's been just a lot of downloads, you know, from the conferences that we've gone through this month, amen, and just the meditation and the word and things that God is constantly speaking. It's just, you know, sometimes it's hard to corral all that. I say, okay, let's go here today. Because there's not enough time to really think about, you know, everything that God is trying to download to his people. You know, and just for us to be able to share everything that, that we see and, and we sense, amen, that he is saying we, we need to be here every every day. You know, just come, come, on, come on in after work. And, Take a seat. We'll download some more, you know, but, but we don't have that opportunity. So you got to kind of be selective in, in what it is. But today, amen, I'm going to take a page out of some of the things that, you know, I got, amen, from God and just adding to some of the thoughts from, you know, one of the speakers that we had. And one of the things that he touched on was power. Amen. And I just want to share some of it with you this morning. Yeah, so if you would, amen, just turn over in your Bible to the book of Habakkuk, Old Testament, amen, hallelujah, it's been good, I, you know, this is a familiar verse, we're just going to use one verse, starting off there, amen, but you know, one thing, when it comes to walking with God, how many of us have ever had a challenge? <laughs> I, th- I think that will qualify everybody in here, amen, when it comes to walking with God, there's always going to be challenges. I don't care how long you've been in church, amen, something's going to try to challenge your faith, something's going to try to challenge you, the next step you take, and that, that's inherent, you know, the Bible tells us that they that live godly will suffer persecution, amen, that, 
you know, we're we going to have challenges. We're going to have trouble. Things are going to come against us. But that's all right. That means you're doing something right. So you warn to you, man, if everything seems like it's going good. You know, this, even the scriptures say warn to you when all men speak well of you. Like, oh, something, something ain't right. All right you, you, you're not getting on somebody's nerves. You're not, you're, not, you're not challenging somebody in some kind of way. You know, but when we look at this, amen, there's going to be challenges. We're going to have hindrances, amen. Those things are going to come against us, amen. And those, there are hindrances that come that try to stop us from walking in the fullness that God wants us to walk in, amen, to really be able to operate, amen, in the true and the complete identity, amen, to come into our, our purpose, all those things. The enemy wants to stop that from happening because he knows that when we get in that place, amen, when we really get in that that zone, we can be some mighty warriors for the kingdom of God, amen. And with God backing us up, who can stop us? Because the scripture says, if God before you, who can be against you? You know, but we want to be able to get to that place, amen, that we can accomplish everything that he has for us. But too often, the vision is not clear. The the, the purpose, amen, is not clear. What we're trying to accomplish, amen, can be skewed. And that's why I had you go to this first verse, amen, in Habakkuk 2.2. You know, because he was asking, you know, inquiring of the Lord, amen. And the Lord said this to him. Just, he said, and the Lord replied, write down the revelation. This is out of the NIV. In other words, the King James said the vision. And make it plain on the tablet so that a herald may run with it. Or as it says in the King James, he that sees it may run. Amen. But he said, write it down. Make it clear. Make it plain. And see, oftentimes we only look at that verse when we're talking about business or we're talking about the church. But how many of us know God got a vision for your life too? Individually. Amen. And, and when those visions are executed properly, they all come into alignment. And that's when the body of Christ comes into great power. Amen. When you're operating, you've made clear the vision for your life and you understand the purpose that God has for you. Amen. And each person in the kingdom begins to come into alignment with that. Then when we walk together, we're all walking to fulfill that vision, which is the, the vision of the body of Christ. Amen. We come together collectively and we can do great things. I think about the Tower of Babel. Amen. When they all had one mind. Amen. They all had one vision. Amen. Even the Lord had to come down in Genesis to stop them because they, were, they had the wrong motivation. <laughs> Their motive was wrong, amen, because they were doing it in order to exalt themselves and not God. But it just shows that when people begin to work together, amen, what can be withheld from them, amen. So our adversary is constantly trying to stop us, amen. He's constantly trying to come against us, and guess what? That's all right. That's his job, amen. That's, that's, that's the assignment that he took on when he chose to rebel against God, Amen. Who are we to think he won't come against us? Amen. So, so don't be dismayed when things come against you. Don't, don't be thrown off track. Amen. Just continue to stay focused on what God has said over your life. And if we don't do that, then we're going to be thrown off track. Amen. And, I, you know, I know there's been times in my life I was thrown off track. And I've seen too many of God's people get thrown off track. Amen. And we find ourselves struggling in the same old place for a long time because we failed to readjust, to refocus, amen, to get there. But there are four basic things that, you know, I want to touch on this morning that we need to try to understand and, and strive after in order, amen, to get to that place. 
that we can function fully and effectively in Christ. How many want to be there? Amen. Functioning fully, being effective, amen, and not being thrown off, amen, or, or, or messed up every time you turn around. Because I don't know about you, but, I, you know, you get to the place where you get tired of just getting hit all the time. Amen. But you want to be able to rise up. You know, so, you know, I'm not going to be able to go in depth into all these today because it will take more time than is allotted. But we will return to them and dig, dig into them a little bit further. But I just want to, you know, try to get these four areas in, in your spirit. And so we can begin to, to build thereupon. And the first one, amen, is, you know, you got to know him. Amen. That's where we got to start. Amen. Sometimes we, we, we strive to know people and we strive to know, you know, everything else about life and the world and everything that's going on around us. But we got to start by knowing him. Amen. That's got to be the, the beginning. That's got to be the foundation. Amen. Of everything. And, you know, most people, especially those of us in church, what will we say? Well, I know him. I know God. Isn't that right? I know him. Amen. I know him. I'm saved, I'm baptized, I'm born again, I read my Bible, amen. But the question is, how well do you know him? You know, in what way do you know him? Amen? Because you got to get to a place where you know him intimately. So we got to ask ourselves each, and I'm not, don't raise your hand, but I'm asking myself, you know, we got to ask ourselves each, how intimate is my relationship with God? Or is it casual? Is it a Sunday morning relationship? Or maybe Sunday-Wednesday relationship? Maybe. You know, is it when I need something relationship? Or is it an intimate relationship where he's on your mind constantly and you commune with him and you talk with him and you seek his will and his face? I mean, how, how deep is that relationship? Many people say, well, yeah, I, I know him. But look over with me to at Matthew 7. Not throwing rocks at nobody, but I just want to challenge our thinking about how well we know him. Yeah, you've been in church for 20 years. Amen. I've been around, you know, around the church, in the church, amen, for who you think? 78, is that 30, 36 years? I don't know. Seven. Good counting. Years are going by. But I still got to constantly work on that relationship. Amen. Because if you don't, the relationship can just kind of fade away because other things begin to encroach. Remember we talked about is he in your top ten or your top five or your top three or is he number one? And then, but in Matthew 7, look at verse 22. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity. So we're looking at, he said, and this is Jesus speaking, and telling me, say, a lot of people are going to come in that time saying, I knew you, I did this, and I did that. I, pray, I was a praise and worship leader, amen. I pastored for 15, 20, 30, 40 years. You know, but he said, I never knew you. You did a lot of things. You was around the church. But we never had that relationship. I never knew you. We never got intimate. 
you know, to know you. Amen. We see, and that's one of the things. A lot of people know about God, but they don't. They don't know God. And therefore, if we don't know Him, we can't get. We can't really go no further because all we're operating on is, is knowledge and our own ability and our own understanding and following a model or a tradition, but really not knowing God. And if we ever want to get to the fullness of his reason, his purpose for us being here, and that we got to get to know him. Amen? So, I, you know, like I said, I'm not throwing no rocks, but I want us to think. Go with me to Ephesians, the first chapter, if you will. Amen. How well we can know him. Just think about how well we, we know people. To get to know people, we got to spend time with people, don't we? You don't just meet them once and say, you know what, be my friend. And then you never hang out with them no more. Uh, sometimes we, we come to the church and we give our life to Christ, but we don't hang out with him. We hang out with everybody else, but we don't hang out with him. We don't study to know him, amen, and, and to be in his presence constantly. But then that one you want to be around, you know, that one you, you kind of like, maybe in high school or college or whatever, you want to be around them, you want to get to know them, amen, you, you spent all kinds of time in their presence and calling them just to hear them breathe on the phone sometimes. Man, because you, you just want to be around. Y'all didn't have too much to say in the beginning, but you just want to be. See, and that's how we got to be with God. Now that, to have that kind of relationship. But in Ephesians 1, starting at verse number 16, this is what, you know, this is the Apostle Paul. He was dealing with the, the Ephesians. And this is what he said unto them. He said, cease not to give thanks to you. He said, you know, because he was talking about how he prayed for them. And he said, ceasing not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And then the 18th verse says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. In other words, he's praying that you get to understand God, you get to know God, you get to know his calling and his purpose towards us. Amen. But see, you can't get to that depth if you don't spend time with him. You, you can't get there if it's just surface and you all you're asking about is to take care of our needs or our wants, that does not work. I want to read that same passage out of the, out of Ephesians, the same one in the NIV Bible. It says it a little bit differently, and there's a point I want to really get to you. He said, I have stopped giving thanks. I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remember you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might what? Know him better. He said, he's asking God, give them the spirit of wisdom. Give them the knowledge so that they can know you better. Amen. So we can know him better. I pray the eyes of your, see the other, King James said understanding, but I like how he says it here. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the eyes of your heart. In other words, that's not your natural eyes, but from the heart. 
the depth of the understanding that you might know him, that you may understand him, amen, and, and get to that place there where you don't want to live without him. I mean, you, you, you want to commune with him every day. Because why? He becomes that, that close to you, amen, and that, that relationship, amen, motivates you and moves you. See, Pastor Craig just got all up in here, you know, but. You know, it, it moves you to in everything you do because that relationship, you know, you I don't know about y'all, but I remember when I first fell in love with Pastor Lester. You know. I mean it it, it called it, it, it affected every decision I was making. It really did. I mean I was, you know, I was young, you know, about about seventeen by the time I really got in love. Before we got married, and you know, you know Blackburn laughing over there, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I just think about everything. You wake up in the morning, she on your mind. Can't wait to get to school to see her. You know, we didn't have cell phones back then like y'all, so I couldn't text her in the morning. Or, you know, I didn't want to call the house and wake her dad up too early, you know. So I couldn't wait to get to school to see her. You know, and if you didn't have the same class, you wait for that first break, that first opportunity that you can you can see that person and go to lunch. And maybe you're going to skip a class or two so you can hang out together. She said, David, don't be silly about all that. I'm just telling you how, how consumed when you want to know somebody personally, every, everything else is kind of gets pushed to the side because why? I want to spend time with them. My thoughts are consumed. Pre- I, I'm preoccupied. You know, just sitting in class doodling, writing notes. You know, come on, I'm, I'm talking about this is the, have you had that kind of relationship with God? You know, I, I'm sitting there yesterday, you know, and, and my daughter asked me, what you doing? I, had, I didn't have no paper with me, so I pulled out a receipt. Out my pocket because I was sitting there reading the word at you know our, our grandson and granddaughter's birthday party. I'm doodling notes and things about you know what God is revealing to me in Scripture. What you know? You got some paper? But see, do you still doodle about the Lord? Huh? Are we so preoccupied with everything else that that intimacy is waning? It's falling by the wayside because so many other things are encroaching on our life and coming against us. Amen. So that. You know, it's a press just to get to church instead of you can't wait to get to church. Now, see, that, that's the difference, amen, when you, you can't wait to be around somebody that love him like you love him. Amen, so y'all can worship him together and you can pray together, amen, and you can you can praise together because you know you're on the same page. Or You know, I mean, I'm just, this is the kind of intimacy I'm talking about, that he you are constantly preoccupied with him throughout your day, seven days a week, Amen. And everything else that you do, amen, is going to be tempered by that relationship with him. I'm talking about we need to get to know him. We get to, we need to get, you know, as we were singing, I think it was what, last Wednesday, we were singing that song, Falling in Love, over again. Amen. Woo. Took me to a place, boy. I tell you, you know. And, and we, need to, we need to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Amen. To know him in that way. How many want to know him like this? Just want to just want to dig in, amen. So as you're, you're striving, amen, no matter what come against you, you say, well, that don't matter because <laughs> I got Jesus. Uh, everybody else can be mad at you. Everybody else can be ready to kick you to the curb, but you got Jesus. And I remember one, one girl, I'm, I'm going to put myself out there a little bit more. Before I met Pastor Linda, I got to qualify that now. 
in, high, in junior high school. Huh? Be careful. Oh, okay, thank you. Thank you for, the, you know, keep me in the rails there. You know, in junior high, there was a little girl had green eyes. She was cute. And her name was Carolyn Green, too, with green eyes. Ooh, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was head over heels in puppy love. But I, wasn't, I, I worked up the courage to talk to her, and we started going out. You know, we, we, we was an item. And then one day she gave me a note. Yep, you got it. Broke her brother's heart. It's over. She quit me. And that's how we said it back then. We said it back then. We was going, I quit you. You know, we, we done. You know, I was hurt. I was devastated. But, you know, I wasn't going to show it. You know, then about three days later, she come up to me and said, I'm sorry. I want to go back out with you again, you know. But, you know, you know, you done messed up now. No, you quit me. I said, ain't, ain't happening. Mm-mm. Hurt me once, shame on you. Hurt me twice, shame on me. You say, what, why, why am I saying that? See, because we can do God like that. Huh? We, we say, oh, I love you, God. I want to be with you. But soon as, you know, but her reason that she gave me, that she quit me, now listen carefully. She said, it really wasn't me. It was my friend's intention to quit you. So I'm like, hey, go hang out with your friends. You know? And that was it. And what am I saying? Sometimes we'll do God like that. You you, you want to be with God, but then people, circumstances, situations cause you to, I don't want to be with God no more because of what they think, because of what they say. Amen. But see, one thing about God, if you come back, he won't be like Pastor David. He'll receive you. He won't, he won't you know, say, no. Go be with those friends. Why? You know, because he, he's the God of a second chance. I just didn't give her a second chance. Thank God I, I didn't because then I might not have met Pastor Lynn. I, I'd, have been, I, I'd have been too tied up with Carolyn Green. Huh? Like some people are still too tied up with the world that they can't meet Jesus. And they can't get too tied up with some people around them, amen, that they really can't get intimate with God. And that's where we got to check ourselves, amen, and say, no, I want to know him all the way, even as the scriptures say, in the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know, even when it's hard, amen, and things are coming against me, I still want to know him. Amen, I, I, I want to, you know, show my love for him over and over and over again, amen. But we got, that's the first thing we got to do. We got to get personal with God. We got to know him, because I, I know that none of us wants to hear him say, depart from me. I never knew you. I don't know you, man. I just can't even wrap my mind around that thought. That he, he would say, I don't know you. You know, you done served him for 40, 50 years. You know, thought you was doing something. He said, depart from me. I never knew you. That would be a sad day. Good. The second one is, hey, man, we got to find freedom. Everybody here free? That song we sing, freedom, you know. Everybody sing, it ain't free. Can I tell the truth? But we got to find freedom in God. And y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, 
uh, even as, as, as Mr. Lynette was saying, amen, just feeling that heaviness or feeling the bound. Enemy wants to put stuff on us, amen, so that we cannot be free in God. Amen. And I tell you what, ain't nothing like being free in God. Amen. That no matter what, amen, you can you can have peace. I remember, you know, years ago when I didn't have that kind of peace. You know, and, and almost anything would just kind of rock my boat. But boy, I tell you right now, it take a whole lot to rock my boat. Because I got Jesus on board. Amen. And the storm might be raging all around. Amen. But it's going to be calm as long as he's on board. Things can get out of, out of line. But when you got that kind of peace, amen, when you got that kind of freedom in God, you know that, you know what? No matter what happens, he got this. Don't, don't you have that? Do you have that confidence that he got this? So you you free from the the burdens and the pressures and all the the cares of this life that can constantly mess you up, Amen. And have you focusing on everything else but Jesus, Amen. And and we don't want to walk in that way, Amen. It's kind of like looking at life, Amen. And I'm still talking about you know having that clear understanding or that clear vision, Amen. And you know it, you know sometimes I'll pick up my wife's glasses and I'll say, Ooh, how in the world? I see. I'm throwing her under the bus a little bit. I threw myself under the bus. But, you know, I, I pick him up and I look at him and I say, man, listen, how in the world can you see out of these things? Because, you know, you, you know, she don't wear glasses all the time. You know, and like most people who wear glasses all the time, you learn how to take them off and put them on without touching the lens. But if you don't, you got smudges everywhere. And everything is all blurred and out of focus, amen, and you can't hardly see too good and you know, and, and you get kind of get used to looking at life like that. Uh-oh. Am, I talk, am I talking to anybody? You know, so you can't see clearly because there's too many smudges in your heart. Too many things, amen, that have come against you, amen. So so you, you, you're really not freed up because you're bound up by all these things, amen, that are, have come against you, amen. And, and you, you don't have clarity of heart. You don't have clarity of thought. You don't, you don't even have clarity of purpose. You can't really be free. You can't move like he wants you to move, amen. And, and these things come against us. And when, when we can't see clearly, amen, it, it causes us not to be able, amen, to operate clearly in the kingdom of God. With understanding and deal with the things that we need to deal with. What are some of these things that, that skew our focus, amen, skew us from being able to see? Past hurts. Come on. Things that are still stuck in our heart, loss of a loved one, you know, disappointments, amen, God, you know, anybody ever been mad at man? Yeah, man. Man, men, woman, amen. How about anybody in here been mad at God? You know, it's amazing that, you know, when you sit down and you begin to talk to people sometimes, you find out that, you know, when you begin to really dig in in some areas in their life, they begin to realize, I thought I was over that. I thought I forgave that, you know. And sometimes you talk to them and they don't even realize that they've been mad at God for years. And, and it, it's just been stuffed away or they they reconciled it or identified it in a different way but those those kinds of things those hurts those pains those 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 blockages that come to steal our freedom 
to steal away, amen, our ability to really be free in God and flow and function, and we get stuck in that place. And sometimes people don't even know they're stuck. They don't even realize that, you know, why I can't move no further, why I can't overcome this, why every time I think everything is going good, this thing comes back up or something gets in my way or I, I just can't press past this point in my life. And we got to deal with those things because until we deal with those things, you'll never move forward. It'll always be there. So we got to take time as individuals. You know, one thing in church, amen, we like to talk about deliverance. And every time we talk about deliverance, we want to talk about demons. You know, right? It got delivered. You know, deliverance is a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that. So we need, we need to be delivered from those past hurts and pains and disappointments, amen, those, those places that are like anchors that weigh us down and hold us back, amen, and we're not free to go, and we're not free to do all the things that God has called us to do. We're not free to fulfill our purpose, amen. Why? Because those things, amen, no matter how we've reconciled them to, to a, a certain point, they're still holding us back. Every time you talk to a person, ultimately their conversation goes right back to that same old place they're not free from it. It's holding them captive. Amen. One of the stories I want to look at, amen, is in Genesis. Let's go to Genesis. How we can miss it. Miss our future. Miss our destiny. Amen. Not arrive there if we don't get freed from these places. Genesis, the 11th chapter. That is the first book of the Bible. Amen. Sometimes those those wounds, I'll call it that, relational wounds that get us stuck. Amen. Hallelujah. Genesis 11. Amen. I want to start reading at the the 27th verse. Is that all right? Amen. See, now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran begot Lot. That's an interesting point I want to point out there. And, and Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity. Amen. I mean, in his birthplace. He, he never got no further. Haran died there in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nacor took them wives, and the name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nacor's wife was Mishael, and the daughter of Haran, and the father of Mishael. And the father of Ethel, Ishmael. And Sarah was barren and had no children. And Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, his son, the son of Haran, his son's son. That's the dead son. Amen. And Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees. To go, everybody say to go, into the land of Canaan. Is that familiar? Amen. From Ur of the Chaldeans, and they're heading, they're journeying to Canaan. The only thing the scripture doesn't say is God told us to go. Amen. But he's, he's got a destination. He's on a journey. He's moving in this direction, amen, to go to the land of Canaan. But look what happened. And they came to Haran. Now, it so happens between Ur of the Chaldees and Canaan was a place called Haran. Remember Haran? He had a son named Haran. 
And now he's passing to a place where that, the name of his dead son, the youngest son, died. And all of a sudden he gets to this place and boom, it hits him. He remembers the, the loss that he had. And look what the scripture said. And the Lord said unto Abram, get, no, 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 I, I jumped. I sure did. Came into Haran, and what did he say? And dwelt there. In other words, he got stuck. He pitched the tent right there because it reminded him of the loss of his son. It reminded him of, of that place that he had. So now I, I lost my son and it's hitting me. He got That wasn't his destination. That was not where he was supposed to be going. Amen. He's supposed to pass on through there and leave that place, what? Behind him. But he got stuck right there, and he dwelt there, and he couldn't go any further because why? How many times have you thought you was moving forward and something reminded you of that relational hurt? Something reminded you of that place that you went through. Amen. Earth just got stuck right there. He couldn't go no further. He wasn't free to go further because he hadn't dealt with his loss. He hadn't come to, you know, a, a closure or reconciliation with that thing. So now he finds himself stuck right there. And the scripture says he dwelt there, and the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. He died right there. He never fulfilled his destiny. He never got to where he was heading, amen, to get to Canaan land. Canaan was the promised land, remember? I mean, that was what this whole journey was all about, amen, but he never got there because he got stuck. He couldn't go no further. Why? Because he, he didn't deal with it. He didn't take time out, amen, to stop. He, couldn't, he wasn't freed up from that, that loss of his son. So he stuck right there. What, what is the area in our lives we've got to examine ourselves? Now, what's the area in our lives that, that may be holding us back because we're not freed from it? And every time something comes up, we find ourselves going right back there. This is the reason why I can't. This is what happened to me. This is what I've gone through. This is what they did to me. This is where God let me down. This, what, what is it that, that has stopped us, amen, from really being free in God to fulfill our destiny, to fulfill our purpose, to move forward like he wants us to move forward? What is it, amen, that is standing in our way? And sometimes, you know, we don't even recognize it, but it's there. And we got to have our mindset that, you know what, i got to get past this place. Amen. Because he had a destination. He was the one leading his sons and his daughters-in-law. He was leading them. But when he got stuck, what happened? They all got stuck right there. It just, it just messes me up when I, I look at this story, man, how, how generations can be stuck because of one thing. And what's passed down to those generations because you were stuck there, you begin to pass these things down to the others. That's why I said take note, amen. Heron's son was Lot. So what did, what did, what did Terah tell him about his son, about his father that kept Lot stuck? That even though Lot left with Abram, let's look at the next verse here. I want, I want us to get this, and it goes right into the 12th chapter, amen. Now notice, now the Lord said to Abram, see, Terah, his father, got stuck, so now God's got to find somebody else. So he, he, he tells Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house 
unto the land which I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be blessed. And where did he tell him? Where did he end up? He led him to the land of Canaan. But we all, most of us, I believe, understand that when Lot went with him, Lot still had issues. Uh, and Lot ended up going and, and living in the Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot, Lot had some issues, and I believe those issues were passed down to him. Amen. Because of the hurt that his grandfather felt. Because of his dad and the loss. And we could pass those losses and those hurts down to our generations if we're not careful. We're stuck and we're not free to serve and we're not free to love and we're not free to move because we passed it on down to them. Now they find themselves stuck in different places in their lives because they're rehearsing what you went through. Hello. That's why we got to deal with it so we can be free so that we can move on to the places that God wants us to move on to. And operate, amen, and we can see our generations doing the same thing. Why? Because we've freed them up and we've allowed them, amen, to fulfill their destiny and their purpose in God. And I like that third verse. He says, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Abraham had to get free. Uh, amen. And, you know, like I said, many of us know his story, amen, that he got freed up. He was able to move on. He was able to, to go and do everything God have, had for him to do, even to the, to the point, amen, of being ready to sacrifice his own son, amen, unto the Lord because Abram believed God. He was freed up enough, amen, that even when the Lord was getting ready to take his son, he said, you know what? So now the Lord said that the, the my seed would be proliferated basically through Isaac, so if he's going to kill him, then, Lord, I trust you. You're going to have to raise him from the dead, too, in order to fulfill your word. So he didn't hold back. And that's when the Lord looked at him and said, now nah, I know. Uh, if I might say it like this, now nah, I know you're freed up. Now nah, I know you're ready to do whatever I say do. And nothing on this earth, and no one is going to get in your way. Nothing is going to stop you, amen, from doing what I said do. And that's how we want to flow. That kind of relationship with God, that we, we trust him that no matter what. Why? Because I've gotten to know him personally. So now knowing him has helped to free me from all these other things. Because I know that nothing that befalls me in this earth surprises God. And the word tells me that he's working all things to my good. Amen. Because I love him, I trust him. And he's going to get me through this, and he's going to get the glory, and I'm going to walk in the blessing. But if we let the things stand in our way, and we, we, we let everything become an obstacle, we can't really trust God. Then that's when we begin to find ourselves trusting in ourselves, amen, or trusting in man rather than we trust in God. We know what man can do, possibly, but we don't trust what God's going to do, maybe. Not how we, that's not how we can. We should be living. Amen. Why? And that comes, again, out of that intimate relationship with him that no matter what, God, you got this. I'm your child. I'm in your hands. And you said you would supply all of my needs. Amen. You said you would take care of me. You already proved that. Amen. Because you sent your son to die for me, to make a way for me. Amen. The third one, amen, we want to look at is, after we know him personally, work on that personal relationship, after we work on getting freed up, amen, now we need to discover our purpose. Why are you here? Why, do you, why did God create you? 
Why are you on the planet? Why are you breathing? Someone said it like this. Why are you sucking air? Huh? Why? You're not just here just to be here. You know, that's why he said, Jeremiah 29, 11, I believe it. He said, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. Thoughts of good and not evil. Thoughts for an expected end. God has an expectation over every one of our lives. Amen. He has a purpose for every one of our lives. Amen. And we're only going to find that purpose by getting intimate with him. Amen. By spending time with him. Amen. You can study the word forever and not talk to God. Amen. But when you begin to talk to him, amen, and you begin to seek him, he will lead you into that purpose. Amen. That's, that's, that's where you find yourself where, you know, when he begins to lead you, amen. See, sometimes we, we wait for God to show us. No, you need to get busy. You need to start serving, amen. If it ain't nothing but ushering, if it ain't nothing, you know, whatever you need to do, amen. And as you move, he will direct you right into that sweet spot, amen, to where you find, hey, now this is what I was made for. This is what God wants to use me for, whether it's witnessing out there, amen, whether it's serving in the church, preaching the word, evangelizing around the world. If you would just begin to move, God will move you and lead you. But as long as you're sitting still waiting for somebody to come along and say, you all that, He said the steps, everybody say steps, not the sitting of a good man, but the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. So when you begin to step, when you begin to move, when you begin to make yourself available, amen, he will order your steps right into your purpose. That's how he does it. But he wants to see, are you willing? Huh? Are you willing to be used by me are you willing amen so it, it causes us to check ourselves and say okay i need to know what is my purpose amen he knows the purpose that he has for you so the only one you really need to be going to is god amen now he'll use different men in your life or women in your life to confirm that purpose but you need to seek god now i can come to you and tell you all kinds of things but what did god say uh, sometimes we wait. Well, I'm waiting for somebody to tell me what, I'm, what my purpose is. Have you talked to God? Huh? You know, it's like, you know, our, our friend. Do you think she likes me? Have you asked her? You know, you want somebody else to do the work. No. It's time for us, amen, to move into that place, amen, so that we can, we can operate like he wants us to operate. Mm. God knows. The problem is oftentimes we don't. Look, look at this passage with me. Go to Psalm 18 and 35 in the NIV. I like the way it says it in the NIV. It kind of helps us to understand it. He said, you give me, I mean, you give me your, sword, your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. Why, why, why God got to stoop down to make us great? Because we don't see ourselves like he sees us. So he's got to come down to where we are to lift us up. Because that's all we see about ourselves. You see, he stoops down to make us great because we're seeing ourselves according to our standards. We're seeing ourselves according to man's standards, amen, and limitations. But God says, I see greater. Yeah, so, so he comes down to where we are in order to lift us up and to make us great. Ain't that a wonderful God? Because he knows him, and like I say, he knows the plans and the purpose. Ephesians 4, 4. There's this, there is one body, 
and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. He has one, uh, he has a specific plan and purpose for our lives. But we got to find out what that purpose is. And that's going to come through intimacy with God. That's going to come through knowing him and seeking him. That's going to come through overcoming the issues, amen, that want to stop us from finding and pursuing our purpose in him. Roadblocks. Anybody ever had roadblocks in your life? I can't get no further. That's in my way. What is too hard for God? Who is too hard for God? If God got a plan and a purpose for you, all you need to do to get there is participate with him. No matter what anybody else says or does, all you need to do is participate with him. He'll move every roadblock. He'll move every hindrance. He'll move every person. He'll move all these things out of the way. If you're working with him, you and God are the majority. When it comes to your life and your purpose and your destiny, that's all you really need. Now, he'll bring you in alignment with others, but as long as you're moving in that direction that he's called you in, you can do this. Just tell somebody next to you, you can do this. You and God, I'm going to say it like that, you and God can do this. Uh, and and you got to make up your mind, amen, that, you know, we got to stop saying they and them and he and she are even looking in the mirror and say, I'm not good enough. How many times have we, we stopped right there because of what we know we did or we know our shortcomings or our failures, amen, and, and we cancel ourselves out. Like I told him in Bible study, I said, look, when you say I'm not good enough, what you're really saying is what God did on the cross is not good enough. It's going to take more than that, God, because I can't forgive myself. Your ultimate act of forgiveness wasn't good enough to cover this. So you got to do something else. Isn't that crazy? But that's what we do. That's what we do to God, amen. You know, and I had to come to that realization years ago when I was having that same issue. I was having problems forgiving myself until I came to the realization, wait a minute, if you forgave me, who am I to hold this against myself? Who am I to keep holding myself down? You forgave me, I'm free. And see, that's where you really find that freedom. It's not about what people or, or all these things, your shortcomings, your failures, what the church did or didn't do. No. It's getting back to that relationship with God, that personal place with him so that you can walk in freedom while everybody else, everybody else might be going left. As long as you're doing right with God, you all right. Amen. He'll get you in the right place. Amen. Remember we said, the scripture said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. He, you know, he is a rewarder of who? The lazy Christians. No, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, not them, but him. If we diligently seek God, he is a rewarder. He will make the way. Amen. But please, that, again, that goes back to me participating with God and his purpose for my life, seeking that purpose. Amen. Once I discover that doing everything that I can to fulfill that purpose. Amen. Why? Because I want to be in right relationship with him. I don't, again, I don't want to hear him say, depart from me. I never knew you. What's your name again? Huh? Can you imagine God saying that? No, he know your name and he know what we have or have not done. Amen. Romans 4, I'm 12 and 4. Look, look, look over here with me. We're almost done, y'all. I get excited about God. Hallelujah. Think about that. He stooped down to make me great. 
so big he will make me big. Huh? Lift, lift you up. Romans, Romans 12. Now listen to this. He said, for as we are many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. In other words, we don't all have the same purpose. Okay? So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether to prophesy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. In other words, whatever it is, amen, you've been graced to do something great for God. And I'm not talking about, you know, just, just you know, the kind of grace that, you know, oh, God, I need some grace because I messed up. No, we're talking about an empowering grace, amen, that empowers you to do something specific for God. And that's what he's saying here, amen. We, we've been called for that purpose, amen, and we've been graced to do it. Just tell yourself, I'm graced to do something great. Even now, it's up to you to discover what it is. Amen. So now that you can watch, there's greatness in every single one of you. God didn't make no jump. Amen. But the enemy throws all kinds of stuff at us to cover, cover it up and make us feel like, oh, I want a mountain. I wish I could be like her. I wish I could be like him. Uh, if I could just preach like George Myers. Oh, it's T.D. Jakes. No. They got their own grace. Uh, and they got their own issues. You got to operate in yours. Amen. The grace that God has on your life so you can function and you can flow like he wants you to flow. Yeah, we, we get hit with all kinds of stuff, but that don't take away your grace. You know, I, I think, I think, you know, uh, just think about your car. How many of y'all got a real nice sound system in your car? Okay, some of y'all will admit I got a good Hitachi, you know, Bose. You know, you got you know you got some a real nice sound system in your car, right? And you like ride, you like listening to your stereo, your CDs, or you know whatever your your XM radio, and you get in an accident. Boom! Did that kill the radio? Not unless you knock loose the battery or something. But what am I? What am I saying? You still got a radio. You can sit there and wait for the police and listen to your bows. You know. Well, and what am I saying? Just because you get hit by something, don't take away the grace that's in you. Just because you get hit by something, don't take away, amen, the empowerment that you have to overcome it. See, we say one thing cancels out everything else. Certainly, it said wrong answer. Yeah, you got beat up. Yeah, you got robbed. Yeah, this happened to you. That, I mean, that didn't take away the grace God gave you to do something great, to be somebody great. See, so we got to identify what the truth is and stop being distracted by all the external stuff. Because the external stuff is what we begin to govern ourselves by. We begin to qualify ourselves according to what we can and cannot do externally. Rather than realizing, no, uh-uh. I got a purpose in God. He stooped down to make me great. He does these things, amen. And I want to capitalize on that because that is the reason that I am here for that purpose. It's not to fight this battle or that. He said the battle is not yours. It's the Lord. See, sometimes we, we want to fight every battle. When I get done with this, God, I'll be right there. Just bring it with you. 
Uh, just, just bring it with you and let him, let him worry, worry about all those things, amen. Because why? He's going to give you a whole new identity. Amen. It's the time we just got to give it all up and say, God, I surrender. I give. Amen. And now he can make you look just like him. You know, I, I'm thinking, the Holy Spirit's making me think about when I went to boot camp. Oh, when, we got, when they got done with us in induction, we all look pretty much the same. You look at us from a distance, we all look the same. Same hat, no hair, same dungarees, same boondockers. Amen. We, we was all looking the same. Why? We begin to look like the military, not like a bunch of individuals and civilians, amen, with all their issues. We have to leave all that stuff aside, and we have to take on a whole new identity that identified us as a part of the unit. And that's what God wants to do in us, amen. He wants us to, to come to him and let, her, let him give us a whole new identity. So now that we begin to look like a part of the body, not a bunch of individuals, but a part of the body of Christ, shining and operating, amen, and functioning like he wants us to function. That's what he's calling us to. God said, no, we can overcome these things. We can do better than what we are. But if we allow ourselves to continue to be distracted and sidetracked and stopped, amen, by all these things, we will never fulfill our purpose in God. Amen. Just tell somebody, you've got a purpose. Amen. See, one of the statistics that was shared, amen, it said 87% of Christians in the body of Christ don't know what their purpose is. That means, that's like saying, I don't know, I don't know what part of the body I'm at, I am. Just don't know where I fit and what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just here, you know. Can you imagine your natural body like that? No. That means only 13% of the body knows what they're supposed to be doing. That's 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 mind-boggling. Then we wonder why we ain't getting what we should be getting accomplished accomplished. Because that means 87% is still dealing with that blockage, still dealing with the trauma or the issues, or the lack of intimacy with God. Because you got to get those things right before you can move into purpose. you got to get over those hurdles. you got to get intimate with Him. Amen. you got to overcome the things that stop you, amen, from moving forward. And now you can begin to get into the place, amen, that you know your purpose. That's why when I, I, I see that, it makes a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know what I'm here with you, but I don't know. You know, it's like, no, we need to find out. We need to know, amen, and we, and we need to, once we get there, we need to begin to help our children to understand their purpose, amen? But if we can't identify ours, lo and behold, <laughs> we're going to have a hard time trying to help them. Why? Still stuck trying to find freedom. I can't find purpose without freedom. Uh, we got to overcome some things and be set free, be delivered, amen. You know, it was said that there's two great days in a person's life, the day you were born and the day you find out why you were born. Otherwise, you're just floating through life. Uh, you don't know why. You don't know when. You don't know what. So you try this career, and that fails, and you try this, and that fails. No, you find your purpose in God. He might have you in a career that he said, I want to use you in the courts. I want I, your purpose to be a lawyer of, for the kingdom. Huh? Your purpose is to be an engineer to build great things for me. You know, whatever it might be. I mean, it, sometimes we talk, when we talk about purpose, everybody thinks there's a purpose in the church. You are the church. Uh, so you got purpose out there in the world. 
You got purpose, amen, on your job. You got purpose in the military. You got purpose wherever you go. But you got to know what that purpose is, not be afraid to operate according to it in an intimate relationship with God. That's what he's calling us for, amen. And the last one, this one might surprise you. After you, what was the first one I gave you? After you know him intimately. Not notice we said know him, not of him. A lot of people know of him, but they don't know him. Amen. Second one is what? Find freedom. Get freed up from those past things that want to stop you. And sometimes those things happen while you're in the church. Institutions. Amen. But get past those things. And the third one we just talked about was what? Okay, now we know him. Amen. And we're freed up and we know our purpose. Only thing left to do now is make a difference. Uh, because there's so many people that don't know him. So many people that don't know their purpose. So many people out there that just, they're, they're lost. And that takes us right back to the Great Commission. Amen. But we can't fulfill that commission if we're still struggling in our own church. Amen. But this one really boils down to worshiping him. Uh, praising him. That's how we make a difference. On your job, you, you're a worshiper. And when you see Sometimes we're not just talking about when the praise and worship music is going. You're living a life of worship. Amen. You're living a life, amen, that involves him. Amen. You know how, you know, they had songs back in the day talking about I worship the ground you walk on? Huh? You need to worship the planet that he created. We need to worship everything that he's made. Amen. And when we live a life of worship, a life of praise, amen, it's going to cause us to draw other people to him. It's gonna, we're going to make a difference when you walk into that, that work center or you go on your job. It's going to make a difference. Why? Because you're a worshiper. What's it say in John 4 and 24? 4, 23 and 24. It says this. For the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is the spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and and in truth. Amen. So when we get to that place to be a worshiper, people around us are going to know it. But, you know, when you're going through and you're still struggling and you don't know your purpose and you don't know your identity, amen, and you're still battling with your own issues, you ain't no worshiper. You're too busy struggling to worship like you should be able to worship. Your countenance don't talk about worship. It talk about nobody knows the trouble I have, you know. And that's, that's, that's how we come across. But when you get freed up from all that stuff, then people say, well, how come you have so much peace? How come you have so much joy? I worship the most high God. Huh? He's with me wherever I go. You want to know him? You want to know something about him? Amen. Why? When, when everybody else is freaking out and going crazy, amen, you got peace that passes all understanding. I'll think about this scripture in prayer this morning. Amen. He said, great peace have they that love thy law and nothing. Shall offend them. Who knows where that's found? Come on, y'all. 119. And 160. There you go. Let's go over there real quick. I don't even have that in my notes, so I was just meditating on that scripture. Amen. Is it 64 or 65? 164, 165. Uh oh. Nothing shall offend them. 
even though she don't like my preaching. Y'all there yet? I see it on the screen. I was looking for it on the screen. Now I got I got you know, the Lord gave me this 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 passage in prayer just now. Okay. One sixty five. Say great peace. Think about that. And he said he stooped down to make me what? about that. Is God able to give us great peace? Huh? My God, think about it. Great peace have they which love thy law and almost nothing will offend them. Huh? Is that what it says? No, that's not what it says. It says and nothing. You don't have so much peace that no matter what somebody do, no matter what somebody say, it don't even bother you. How many of us have ever been there? Uh-oh. I don't see no hands. I've experienced it. Am I there always? Almost, not quite. Why? Because sometimes i got to call my peace back. Huh? Huh? I'll just be real. Okay? But uh, what is he saying? When he's talking about his law, his word, with that governs our lives. And he said when we love his word and we allow his word to govern our lives, we can have the greatest peace that this world has ever known. Amen. He said I will keep them in what kind of peace? Perfect peace. How many of you have ever experienced perfect peace? Come on. Oh, I have. Huh? Amen. When it seems like everything's going crazy. Yeah, and you begin to wonder in yourself, why am I not worried? Not that you want to be worried, but you're like, hey, this this is kind of this is different, you know? Why? Because I'm not I'm not freaking out. I'm I'm not you know wanting to go and kill somebody right now. <laughs> I got peace. Hello. You see, and this is the place that we can arrive in God. But we got to overcome all these things that the world and life and pressure and all that's constantly putting upon us. And you better say, Lord, I just give it to you. He said, what? Cast all your cares upon me except for the ones that you want to hold on to. And because I can, no. He said, cast all your cares on me for I care for you, period. Can we do that? Can we just give it all to him and say, God, I give it to you. And then you just walk in his peace. You know, just, just just trade it in. Worry for peace. Give me the peace. Give me your peace, God. Give me your peace. Even while they're even while they acting crazy, I, I got peace. I got so much peace I can go hug them. I, ooh, I'm going to say, hold up now. If I get close, I might lose my peace. <laughs> no, that ain't the peace of God then. Huh? But you should have the peace of God, amen, and no matter what. The enemy is trying to do to you, no matter what the enemy is trying to say against you, that you know what? I'm good. Because I got God. He's on board. Amen. And we are overcomers. Amen. I've overcome the wickedness. Amen. I'm no no more, no longer vulnerable to his attacks. Huh? I'm not going to let him come on in and, and steal from me. You know, the Bible tells us that he's a 
he, he's a thief and a liar, amen. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, amen. So we got to be on guard. We got to make up our mind that, nope, I'm not going down that road no more. He said, hey, when trouble comes, look look what it says in Jude 20. Only one, one chapter. Yeah, yeah. Right in front of Revelation. Amen. He said, but ye beloved. Who's he talking to? He's talking about, you know, he, he began talking about all those that are sensual and caught up in the world. But he said, but ye beloved, build up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, look, we're talking about making a difference, right? See, but you got to get right first. You're saying build yourself up and keep yourself in the love of God. But then look at the, the 22nd verse says, And of some having compassion, making a difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Notice it didn't say hate them. Hello? He said, once you got it, amen, make a difference and pull somebody else out the fire. Help somebody else out, amen, and hate the things that's been holding them back. Hate the things, the garments that the enemy has tried to put on them, but you pull them out. Sometimes we identify them with the garment. They got a big old spaghetti stain. Oh, look at you nasty. No, the garment's nasty. They not. But we don't, we don't want to go near them because, you know, their they clothes is messed up. Well, we can help them get some new clothes. Bring them in the kingdom, amen, so they can overcome those things rather than identify them by those things. Oh, she's a liar. She's a prostitute. She, no, no, no. We can bring them out of those things into the kingdom. See, you got to make a difference. You got to be ready to go where no man has gone before. Amen. And not be afraid. Why? Because I, you've been set free. You've been delivered. You know who you are. You have an intimate relationship with God. You know your purpose. Now you can help somebody else. But we got to ask ourselves, do we have, we, do we, oh, goodness, help me, Holy Spirit, should I say that? Do we know him enough to make a difference in our own life? That's where we got to start. Man, we making a difference for ourselves, let alone somebody else. Or we still stuck in the same old place because we can't let it go. Hallelujah. We, it's nothing different. It's always we on the same treadmill, the same circle, the same path over and over again because I won't let it go. I won't give it to him. Cast, I won't cast all my cares and let him set me free. No, we got to make up our mind, y'all. Mm. We got to make up our mind. And finally, amen, last verse I'm going to share with you in Luke 14, 23. Hallelujah. Man, if he you know, this, this was talking about the, a, a man who, who set up a great feast and he told his servants to go into the hedges and hide and bring them. You know, what did he say in the 23rd verse? And the Lord said unto the servant, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. No, no, see, the servants couldn't go out if they were worried about their own seat. I might lose my place. They might get ahead of me. No, he said, go out to the hedges and the highways and make a difference in somebody else's life. Draw them in. Be the light. But see, 
our light can be dimmed by all the stuff that we allow, and I'll say that again, that we allow, amen, to continue to take it away. Notice I said, you know, there's things that's going to come in our lives, yes. But we don't have to let those things, we don't have to allow those things to obscure our light. We need to shine bright in the midst of the tribulation. Shine bright in the midst of the struggle. Amen. Not wait till the struggle is over. Amen. To say, now nah, I'm happy. And I want to play the happy song. No, play the happy song when the trouble going on. Huh? That's what you need to do. When the trouble hits you, get the happy song and put it on. I'm happy. You know why? Because Jesus is on my side. I'm happy because he's going to take me through this. Because I'm happy because I'm giving it to him. You know, I think about the song we used to sing back in the day. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. We got to make up our minds, y'all. God is great. And this is kind of, I don't know, you might have a hard time receiving it, but he wants to make you great. He wants to do great things through each and every one of us. But we've got to be ready to overcome those things that tell us it can't happen. That means those things are really telling you that they're greater than the God you serve. And we know that's a lie from the pit. Huh? So as we make up our minds, we got to be ready to function for him. And I like that last part because why? People need God. They need to be saved. You know, and as we come in that alignment with him, we come into the fullness of purpose with him, we find the peace and the freedom that God wants to operate in, that's when we can draw people to Christ. That's when, amen, we can you know, participate with him to fulfill the great commission. Amen. To get out there and, and be able to share, you know what, I'm going through this, but you know what? I want you to watch my life because God wants you to know. You know, it's, it's how we approach it, how we lay it out there. Just pray for me because I'm going through this. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, where's your confidence? Huh? No, God's going to work this out. Amen. He, he set me up for a, 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 a comeback. That's going to blow everybody's mind. See, we, we got to have that kind of mindset, an expectation that, my goodness, God can take lemonade, make, I mean, take lemons and make lemonade. Huh? Maybe your life is full of lemons right now. Huh? Huh? My girls are over here saying something, correcting their dad. You know, but make up your mind that you are going, now, now don't look to the person to your left or your right. Make up your mind that you are going to be the one that makes the difference. But in order to get there, you got to get in a man. You got to find that purpose. You got to get freed up. And then you can make a difference. He said, when you're converted, strengthen your brothers. That's what he said. So we got to be fully converted. Fully converted means I believe him in everything he said. Huh? Amen. I, I, I didn't just come to him for salvation. I came to him for lordship too. Uh, to be the Lord of my life. Let's stand. Hallelujah.